Welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs. My name is Jeffrey Davis, and I am host of Radio Entrepreneurs, and we continue to stream stories of entrepreneurship and leadership in this economy and promote them on our and provide them for you on our eight streaming services. And every week we like to check in because you cannot be in business and not understand the law with Mark Furman, director and shareholder at Tarlo Breed, Breed and Rogers for the segment Entrepreneurship and the Law. Welcome back, Mark. Hi, Jeffrey. Great to see you. Great to see you, too. And I hope the ball is going straight for you down that fairway every time you hit it. Fairways always. Um, wanted to talk a little bit about a First Amendment case. Mm. Um, it's kind of a unusual situation where uh, police raided a uh, local newspaper out in out in Kansas, and uh, you know they had a, um, you know this raises significant First Amendment concerns. Um, you know, a free press and uh, is a huge part of our uh, society, and the press is always controversial, uh, but uh, uh, they play an important role in our in our democracy. And uh, so it raised, you know, there's all these confidentiality issues, whether this is designed to chill uh, the newspaper from investigating certain stories, there's certain unfavorable coverage of some local event. But the fundamental issue is, you know, whether the police, under what circumstances should the police be actually uh, engaging in a search of the uh, computer records and uh, everything else of a of a newspaper. This is a small uh, weekly paper, um, but there was tremendous nationwide uh, reaction to this negative reaction, and in fact, uh, now the Kansas uh, Bureau of Investigation, the state version of the FBI, is now uh, begun a criminal probe of the police raid of the newspaper office and whether there, it was justified or not. And, the, you know, this shows kind of the, the nerve, uh, the, the importance of the First Amendment and how people react to it. And it seems to be, uh, um, you know, the First Amendment's being talked about a lot. You know, this is the uh, one of the defenses that the former president, uh, uh, Trump, is talking about, that, uh, you know, he had a First Amendment right to say things that he said, not just in 2020, but uh, today. In, about judges uh, and attorneys. About judges, attorneys, co-defendants, potential witnesses. And, you know, how do you draw the line? Uh, the First Amendment uh, uh, is not absolute. And can you I know, just add one of the twists to this before you give us an opinion? Sure. I think to add to all this drama, and I've been watching it and I find it very intriguing, uh, is the fact that the publisher's mother, who owned the paper, 
died the day after the raid. And he blames her death, the publisher, on the stress of this situation. So that only right. complicates this whole situation. Right. I mean, she was 98, but, uh, you know, the idea of a police raid on a local newspaper, that's not a story I ever recall reading about before, Jeffrey. Uh, it's Only pretty... in Europe in 1936, 37, 38. Yes, and indeed, uh, you know, the editor of the paper described it as Gestapo tactics, uh, according to a, an article that I, I read. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, press free freedom organizations. Uh, there's a Committee for Freedom of the Press, which has uh, urged the return of the seized materials. And, you know, there are uh, federal laws and many states have laws that protect journalists and then, of course, there's a constitutional right to uh, against uh, unreasonable searches and seizures. And um, and this all comes into uh, kind of a debate I think we're having uh, nationwide about the First Amendment and uh, how free should people be to be able to, whether you're a reporter or a speaker, uh, you know, we've had incidents in, at universities where uh, uh, speakers have been uh, uh, allegedly intimidated or not allowed to speak. Um, I read an article in a paper this morning about uh, uh, that was uh, co-written by uh, Harvey Silverglade, who's a uh, civil liberties strong proponent of the First Amendment, uh, about uh, not making an offer to a to a uh, college professor because of uh, views that uh, were expressed by the applicant. Um, you know, we have an issue of when uh, people can be liable for petitioning the government. You know, when they speak to the government, um, you know, when should they be liable? There are limitations. You know, the classic is you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. That's not exercising your First Amendment rights. If there's no fire, that's going to cause... A, a panic, but uh, you know, for every easy case, there's a lot of cases that are uh, in a more uh, difficult area, more gray area. So, um, but the importance of a free press, even when the powers that be don't like it, don't like what's being reported is kind of, uh, you know, classic First Amendment. Uh, and, um, you know, there's a balancing, you know, the we've had cases where uh, do journalists have the right to withhold from police their sources of information. You know, they get 
information from informants. And a lot of times it's under the condition they obtain the information on the condition that it be kept uh, um, confidential. Uh, uh, for those of us of a certain age who remember Watergate, there was uh, Deep Throat who was uh, furnishing information uh, to Bernstein and Woodward uh, about the inner workings of the Nixon White House. And that led to ultimately the resignation of, of President Nixon. So, you know, how important is it for there to be f a free press as opposed to uh, uh, a, uh, a press that exists at the whim of the government uh, that can be closed down at any time? Um, you know, and we're dealing with a fraction of the reporters in the United States that we had just 20 years ago because the press has been squeezed. Internet has changed the press. What we consider to be research on stories, local papers are not local papers anymore. And that's the lifeblood of America are these local independent papers. And if they start feeling that they're going to get closed down if they write the wrong story or if somebody down the street calls their friend in the police station because they don't like a story, where are we headed? I don't have to say I have to like every story. I do believe in free speech even when I don't like what I hear. Yeah, I mean, if, um, you know, should the press be a, uh, let's take the example of a, a small local uh, newspaper like this one. Um, does, the, does the paper have a right to be more than a cheerleader of, for town officials? Can it be critical? Um, can it spotlight um, issues that they think are wrong? Uh, perhaps wrongdoing, perhaps not, but unfair, unjust, and can they report on it? Or should they be limited to happy talk? And uh, uh, that makes the, the town fathers and mothers happy with uh, what's being reported. You know, our society, uh, you know, publishing critical pieces of political figures uh, goes back to the birth of our country. And, uh, uh, of course, now it's probably more vigorous and more polarized. But, um, uh, you know, because there are more sources and it's easy for people to end up in an echo chamber where they hear uh, a particular slant as opposed to having diverse viewpoints. So, um, you know, I'm, like you, Jeffrey, I'm a, a fan of uh, the ability to speak and uh, for uh, newspapers to uh, speak out, journalists, speak out you know there are limits we have the settlement with the dominion uh company that occurred uh that related to publishing uh claims that were made by uh uh by certain folks about the machines being uh, unreliable and part of some um 
um, conspiracy, but, um, you know, a free press to me is uh, a, a fundamental to a free society. And I want to add to that, Mark, and make the lateral move. There's a lot of research to back up what I'm going to say that organizational employees don't give their bosses their full honest answers to things, that they realize who signs their paycheck and that their credit cards and their mortgages and their college payments for their families are all dependent on the perception of them by the people above them. And building honesty into organizations, just like countries, is critical. And it's not an easy thing to do when there's only one person that you can answer to that's not a democracy. All organizations are participative dictatorships if run properly. And uh, I think, too, I go into organizations, you know this, you see this, too, as a litigator, where there has not been honesty in organizations and it's amazing when people find out the truth and you need to build that into all parts of our society to be productive and to grow. And I just want to add that. And it's been an important part of both our careers, I believe. That's true. So Mark, uh, if somebody's looking for you, if somebody wants honesty in their organization, uh, how would they find you? I can be most readily reached uh, by email. M. Furman, F U R M A N, at T B H R L A W dot com. Thank you very much. And I look forward to seeing you again next week, Mark, on Radio Entrepreneurs.